Hi there, this is Linda Dawson. And this is Glenn Dawson, and you're listening to Preparing Our Hearts for Worship podcast. This season is flying by, Linda, enjoying the Christmas spirit. We've got yet another beautiful Christmas song this week, Joy to the World. Sing the first verse for us, Linda. Yeah, right. How about I just read it to you? Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room, and heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and heaven and nature sing. Joy to the world, the Savior reigns. Let men their songs employ. While flails and floods, rock hills and plains, repeat the sounding joy, repeat the sounding joy, repeat, repeat the sounding joy. No more let sins and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings, for as the curse is found, for as the curse is found, for as... For as the curse is found. He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and wonders of his love and wonders and wonders and wonders of his love. English hymn writer Isaac Watts was the author of Joy to the World, a poem based on Psalms 98 that was included in a poetry collection he wrote in 1719. Isaac Watts was born in 1674 in Southampton, England. As he was raised in a deeply religious family, Watts' earliest memories were of his father's concrete convictions about religious liberty. Watts Sr. even spent time in prison on two separate occasions for his outspoken nonconformist views. Rather than conforming to the Church of England, nonconformists were typically Presbyterians or Baptists who wanted to worship in a government-free church. Isaac Watts' parents saw to it that their love for Christ and his word were passed on to their son. Isaac's education led him to pastor a large independent church in London. He quickly earned the reputation for his oratory and preaching skills, even becoming a private tutor, helping train other preachers in the city. Throughout his years of ministry, Watts obsessively sought to put his Christian affections and convictions on paper so that others could join him in a heartfelt worship and song. Believe it or not, Watts' work in his day was not always well received. You see, Watts was boldly introducing what was for his time contemporary praise and worship songs into the life of the church. Up until that point, the song selection in most Protestant churches was limited almost exclusively to the Psalms. John Calvin, during the Reformation, had translated the Psalms into the common language of his people, French, so that they could be sung as a group. Many English-speaking churches followed in his pattern. Although Isaac Watts is well appreciated today, he was considered to be the black sheep back in this time. 
He severely disrupted the status quo of his contemporary music culture, and he was also turned to be a heretic for his lyrics. He grew up in a society that considered only the sections of scriptures and psalms being incorporated with music. He hated this monotonous and dull negulence that was prominent on the faces of the performers. His father challenged him to do something about this, and eventually he started tweaking his verses, opening a whole new frontier of possibilities. To some, this was detested or shunned. To others, it was a breath of fresh air. Isaac Watts was giving new life to church worship. One of those poems was an adaptation of Psalms 98. Watts interpreted this song as a celebration of Jesus' role as king of both his church and the whole world. More than a century later, the second half of this poem was slightly adapted and set to music to give us what has become one of the most famous of all Christmas carols. This vision of Psalms 98 is to bring joy for all people. Joy to the world inspires the listeners to look forward to the future at times when the sin will finally be evicted and all of humanity will bask in the glory of the Almighty's righteousness. The message, we must hope and rejoice the future would be bright, was accompanied well with a melody of harmonies that were uplifting. Watts and Mason succeeded profoundly in their mission, although they had no clue that the work will spark a tune that will last through all the ages. Joy to the World was never intended to be a Christmas song. It was over a century later, in 1836, that a man named Lowell Mason set the hymn to music. Mason was a Boston music teacher and the leading Presbyterian hymn composer in the United States. He published Joy to the World during the Christmas season, and that is how the song became associated with the holiday celebrating the birth of Jesus. Another widespread debate that is most associated with this hymn is its origin as a Christmas carol. Although it clearly depicts the second coming of Christ, it doesn't have any trivial connection with the Christmas story. However, contrary to popular opinion, there lies a connection. The second coming cannot be manifest without the first coming. The song proclaims the ultimate joy that is yet to be revealed, establishing a strong connection with a festive period. As we said earlier, the vision of Psalms 98 is to bring joy for all people. Joy to the world inspires the listeners to look forward to the future, at times when the sin will finally be evicted and all of humanity will bask in the glory of the Almighty's righteousness. Even though Watts may not have ever envisioned his song to be sung at Christmas time, I think it's a wonderful tribute to his work. Indeed, the first event of Jesus stands as a historical guarantee that his second event is just around the corner. Indeed, the birth of Jesus and the return of Jesus are good news and great joy that will be for all the people. Originally, Isaac Watts wrote this hymn to spur his generation of believers on to joy. 
You might be surprised if you sit on the stage or face the congregation as worship starts. Some people never move a muscle or sing. Some have questionable expressions as they sing, and some are checking their social media status. Maybe Isaac Watts' hymn should remind us that we who know Jesus should be the most joyful people on the planet. Christmas is a time for joy. Let that be true of us whenever we gather to celebrate Christmas this year. As we worship this month and throughout the new year, let's ask God to produce his joy in and through us as we worship and as we sing. As we walk by faith in the Spirit and filled with the Spirit, the joy of Jesus becomes real. And let's not forget, the second advent is just around the corner. Jesus said, Behold, I come quickly. And as I read the Bible and hear the scriptures taught and preached, I am more and more convinced that Jesus is coming back for us soon. I don't know the day nor the hour, but I can tell you he's coming back. The signs written in the Bible tell us of things to come. Many are here. Each moment that ticks brings us closer to his coming. This will in fact be a wonderful, joyous time too. His first coming was a meekness as a baby. His second coming will be power and glory. This old sinful earth will be destroyed and a new heaven and earth will be established. A wonderful place. We who are faithful will join with him. Those who have gone before us in the faith will be gathered to him. The dead who are his shall rise, and there be no more death for them. Joy to the world was actually about this event. With that in mind, I'd like to admonish you to not be left behind. Check the status of your ticket. Is it bought and paid for with the blood of Jesus? Are you trusting in him and him alone for your part in this victorious celebration? Is your faith real? Did it change your life or was it an empty, useless faith with no effect? Faith and repentance, which means change of heart, walk hand in hand to salvation. The Bible says without repentance there's no, no remission of sin. For so many, there are some sins that just don't want to repent of. Jesus said, I come that you might know that you have eternal life. So you don't have to wonder about it. Examine your heart, search the scriptures, and be sure of your salvation. Come to Jesus. Trust him to save you. Now let's listen to Glenn play Joy to the World on tenor saxophone.
It's great when you stop by. We love to visit with you. You always bless our hearts when we hear of your visit. New folks are great to see, and old friends are a delight. Making friends that we will know forever is especially sweet. As we travel down the God's ministry road, we certainly are enjoying the trip. We are getting our stamina back, and we are looking at some new things to bring to you. We thank you for your prayers. We are setting up a video studio to add a video stream to YouTube. We want to bring new content to you that will bless you down the road to heaven. It's been an exciting challenge to get it going. Our distributors of our program need to know what programs people listen to and to those programs that have been most of watch, they get distributed to the most people. We're working hard to prepare a program that is interesting and enjoyable and also is a blessing. If you have any suggestions to make improvements, let us know. You can help us a lot by subscribing to our channels on your provider of the service you are listening to us on. By subscribing, you help us get our numbers up, and for most of the providers, it will cost you nothing. You won't be put on a mailing list and spammed. This only tells the providers of the service that you like us and enjoy the program. Subscribe to us. For example, on YouTube, press the thumbs up button when you see it, then press subscribe. You can also click on the bell if you'd like to be reminded when our podcast has been uploaded. In addition to our podcast, we have a quickly growing list of songs that you can listen to for free. The music we have released on the web can be found by searching for The Music of Glenn Dawson. Be sure to subscribe and like that too. The Glenn Dawson Evangelistic Association is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. There is no charge for this ministry. Anything we receive goes 100% into the ministry to pay for ministry expenses. We never ask for money and there are no salaries for this work. No one is making anything from it. All of our podcasts are stored on the web, and you can find them by searching for Preparing Our Hearts for Worship Podcast. That way you can catch up on those podcasts you might have missed. Hey, we love you all. We always look forward to being with you again, and we'll do that real soon, I hope. God bless you, and bye for now.